Hello, hello. How are you today? What's up, people? And let me start by saying thank you. Thank you for all the direct messages that you have sent me, all the emails. And I am talking in this podcast today in reply to many of the messages that I received. And we are going to talk about boredom and apathy in our couples, um, whether those feelings are yellow or red flags. And to be honest, if I said... Raise your hand if you never felt bored with your partner. I don't think anyone would raise their hand. Honestly. Or, or, or hang on a minute. On second thought, yes, couples who are just starting out or who have been together for a short period of time tend to have butterflies in their bellies all the time. And anywho, there are lots of people who have just started their relationship and still don't feel happy all the time. And that is not a problem. That is normal. And we're going to return to that point later. I would like to start by telling you what happened to me. Because it's a way of, you know, uh, painting a picture which would otherwise be very abstract. When I was very young, a long time ago, I quickly lost the initial enthusiasm I'd felt with my ex-boyfriends. I can't explain it accurately, but I suddenly found them handsome but predictable or without a sense of humor or without initiative or the initiative to start things. And what did I do? Do you remember when I told you that the brain responds to stress in three different ways? Do you remember what those are? So it either fights, flies away, it's fight, flight or freeze, right? So first, what I did is I paralyzed, I froze, I buried my head under the ground and continued in the relationship, ignoring my fear. And because it was like a repetitive pattern in me, I tried to convince myself by saying things like, after all, he's a good boy, um, the problem is me, and so on and so forth. But the problem was that my head wouldn't stop. And so after a while, I ran away with terror. So I flew. And and this reminds me a little of that film, Runaway Bride. Have you seen it? Well, maybe you are very young, but for the people who are my age um, or around my age, uh, Julia Roberts uh, made that movie. Silly, you know, rom-com. But um, that portrays me quite graphically. Uh, the possibility of talking to the other person in that anxious state of mind was intolerable to me. And accepting that perhaps I was the one who was passively waiting for them to amuse me was impossible. If there's something that I've always bragged about is my sense of humor. But I must admit here that I was more relaxed with my friends than with my ex-boyfriends. So I wasn't probably that fun with them. Uh, there is another point that is key and that I want to make here. When I began to doubt whether to go on in the relationship with my exes or not, I took that doubt as a sign that something was wrong. It never occurred to me that I was projecting my fears onto them. I had this false idea that when you were with the right person, you would have no doubts and everything was going to be perfect. 
And as I said a gazillion times, there is no such thing as perfection, and I'm certainly far from it. Nevertheless, it was easier to question the other person and to avoid looking inside myself. That's true, people. That was me. And I'm telling you this because you might identify with what happened to me. You can listen with curiosity and see what resonates with you and what does not. And I can clearly hear the voices that tell me, Georgie, but my situation is different from yours. I can't go on like this anymore. I can't stand him when he's near me. Or, and this is quite classic, she's always tired, she's apathetic, she's boring, this routine is unbearable. And then these photos. Oh, Georgie, I'm so anxious. I think it's time we separate. I have a lifetime ahead of me and I deserve to be happy. Or, I spent all my time looking at other people. I'm distracted. That has to be a sign that this doesn't work anymore. And let me tell you, I'm listening to you. I'm holding your hand. But now, let's pause and breathe. First of all, yes, of course, there are red flags in relationships. The kind of flags that say, get out right now. Any type of physical or verbal violence. Emotional blackmail and manipulation. And differences in values. But those differences that are impossible to, you know, sort out. Are reasons for separating. Period. Now, here in this podcast, we are focusing on something completely different. We are talking about two people who love each other, but feel afraid because things are no longer the way they were at the beginning when they used to laugh, go out, talk for long hours and have great sex. What happens then? What happens when after a while the magic seems to be lost? And as I went through this so many times with my exes and my husband, and because I talked about this so much in my own therapy, I feel it's my duty to tell you that you have to work on yourself first. You might have been expecting something more original from me, but I'm sorry. You have to take care of your own demons first. You need to work on your fears, your anxiety, and the origin of the impossible expectations you have placed on the other person. Think about the beginning of your relationships. Isn't it true that at first we feel curious, raw, open, and willing to explore, know, and share with that person we like so much? The sensation ranges from churning guts because one wants to be longed for by the other person or with our heads in the clouds because we've been put on uh, we've been put on a pedestal. Time passes and the relationship mutates, which is completely natural. Once a coach told me, at first you saw lights and shadows and the unknown attracted you. Now you see him more clearly. What are you going to do? Are you going to run away in search of a new relationship that gives you the uncertainty of the unknown? Or are you going to stay here with this person that you chose and that you now know better and who loves you back? 
that certainly kept me thinking. Routines and everyday lives must be spiced because if not we get bored and that is as true for couples as it is for life in general. If you ate the same thing every day for months or years, wouldn't you get sick of it all? If instead of analyzing your significant other so much with a magnifying glass, you looked inward and wondered, what is preventing me from taking the initiative? What is pushing me to repeat myself? What is going on that I don't spice up this relationship with a little salt and pepper? And now I'm hearing more voices. I don't know, Georgie. He changed. He was different. He seems to be sad all the time. Or, time showed me that the sweet woman I knew has now turned into a witch who criticizes me all the time. Let's pause again. Okay, so your lover is withdrawn. But what happened to him or her? What may they be going through? What did you add to their state of mind? Okay, your wife was sweet and now she criticizes you. What do you do or don't do now that you used to do when you met her? Have you asked her what is making her upset and what would help her? These are questions to play down what seems to be written in stone. I once shared with the coach that when my husband came close to me, I became tense and distant. She asked me, don't analyze it so much mentally. If you put your hand on your heart, what do you feel? At that time, I was going through a tough time and it was hard for me to open up. And as I didn't understand what was happening to me, I took those body responses as a sign that my relationship was wrong. I understood that my body reacted that way, not because there was a problem with my husband, but because I was going through a challenge that was mine and mine alone. But I understood that after a lot of work, a lot of work on myself. So boredom and apathy in the couple appear mainly when we have something to solve in our own lives, but we don't take charge of it. Or at least we haven't started yet. And when we expect our lovers to make us happy without doing much ourselves. It's like a vicious circle. We start feeling bored and then there is like a stubbornness in which the other person needs to pass a test to see whether they make us happy. Otherwise, goodbye my love. And I was there and I am telling myself, wow, how many expectations put on the other person. Tony Robbins, my coaching teacher, said something beautiful about this topic, about relationships. And I'm not quoting him. I'm telling you what I understood from the course. He said that beautiful relationships are not the result of good luck or great chemistry between two people. And that is a trap. You know, we tend to glamorize what we see outside. We say, oh, those two are so lucky or, or, Oh, you know, you can see sparks when they are with each other. Tori Robbins told us, extraordinarily long-lasting and healthy relationships are the result of hard work. Very similar to what Eric Fromm says in The Art of Loving. Determination and taking time to appreciate what 
makes the other person unique and wonderful is key. And now, yes, I'm going to quote him. I mean, I'm opening inverted commas. Always put your lover first. It's not about you. When you develop the skill of sincere understanding, you become aware of your partner's inner life. Instead of being an observer and a critic, feel what they feel and you'll discover the deepest pleasure in your relationship. Don't just be physically present, be fully present, giving your partner your undivided attention. Every time you lose trust, interest or commitment, you will start developing behaviors of criticism and rejection towards the other person. Stay connected. Cultivate your commitment as you would do with a precious flower. This is the end of the quote. And I didn't write this on the blog, but when Tony Robbins says, every time you lose your trust or interest or commitment, um, he's talking about taking charge of what needs to be changed inside ourselves, what needs to be healed. Uh, that is limiting beliefs, negative patterns, um, a history of behaving in the same way. And, you know, having been hurt, feeling afraid. There's so much that needs to be tended to. That's why I strongly recommend you work on yourself with the help of somebody who is compassion, sorry, compassionate and who can hold your hand. I hope this has helped you. And as I usually tell you, if you know someone who can benefit from this blog, forward it to them. Thank you so much and keep on writing to me. A big hug and until next week.